0: This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Inna ta'ala wa 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 billahi min anfusina wa min wa wa Sallallahu alayhi wa وعلى آله وصحبه wa تسليما wa يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله sallam wa ولا تموتن إلا wa مسلمون يا sallam wa sallam الذي خلقكم من نفس wa sallam wa زوجها wa sallam wa sallam wa sallam wa الذي wa به wa إن wa كان wa رقيبا. يا sallam wa sallam wa sallam wa sallam wa نصرح لكم معمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطيع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان استقل الحديث كتاب الله تعالى وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم شر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار introduce khutbah disobedience a gate from the gates and the traps of shaitan that tempts us towards disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is so widespread, so manifest, so easily accessible that it is a daily struggle for each and every single one of us to avoid. And that sin, that gate, that door towards temptation and sin is the gate of immodesty. Immodesty. In what is collected in Al-Bukhari and Muslim in the hadith of Abu Huraira radiyallahu an), our Prophet told us sallallahu alayhi wasallam, إن الله كتب على آدم حظه من أدرك ذلك لا wa has written has prescribed has ordained upon every single child of Adam their portion of immodesty they will attain it and there is no doubt about it then he said صلى الله عليه وسلم العينين the immodesty of the eyes is to look اللسان and the immodesty of the tongue is to speak وَالنَّفْسُ وَتَشْتَهِي And the soul desires and it wants. وَالْفَرْجُ يُصَدِّقُ ذَلِكَ أَوْ And the private parts either affirm it or they reject it. This hadith in al-Bukhari and Muslim has a number of benefits and a number of points that I want to share with you in the short time that we have before us. The first of them is that there are certain sins that are easier to avoid than others. This hadith tells us that there are certain sins that are easier to avoid than others. For example, for us, Living in our community, it is easier to avoid eating pork than it is immodesty. It doesn't take much time or effort from you to avoid eating pork because of the many other blessings that Allah has favored upon us. It doesn't take much time, doesn't take much effort. don't have to expend much to stay away from that type of haram of eating pork. But on the other hand, something like immodesty is so widespread, so easily accessible, So prevalent, you walk down the street, you see immodesty sometimes on an advertising board on the road. You open your phone and you see immodesty, something you watch, something you read, something you listen to. Even sometimes when you don't want to listen to it, and are trying to avoid it. You open up YouTube and you want to listen to a lecture, you're trying to listen to some Qur'an, and they're playing adverts that have immodesty before you get to that lecture, or you listen to that recitation of the Qur'an. It is more difficult to avoid. And that is what the Prophet told us. Certain things Allah has made it difficult to do. And that is why its reward from the benefits of this hadith is that it's also great. The reward of preserving your chastity, your modesty, especially in a society when it becomes so easily attainable, so easily accessible. It is even glamorized and encouraged in some parts and in some places. When it's such a case and it's so easy, then to avoid it and to have patience upon their avoidance is something which brings a great deal of reward. And that is why when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He gives us the command in the Quran, He commands us as believing men and women to lower our gaze, to preserve our chastity and our modesty. And Allah says, A direct command. To men and women, believing men and women, that they should lower their gaze and preserve their chastity and their modesty. And Allah tells us that if you do so, you have a great reward from Allah and His forgiveness and mercy. Allah says, those who preserve their chastity and their modesty from the men and the women, Allah says, Allah has prepared for them forgiveness and He has prepared for them a great reward it is one of the cornerstones of success, that you learn to control your desires, that you learn to preserve your modesty and your chastity, that you are mindful of what you are looking at and what you are seeing, what you are listening to and the manner in which you speak, and that you are modest in the way that you behave and act in front of Allah Azza wa Jal. Because primarily, when you act and you behave, when you look, you see, you hear, you speak, it is Allah Azza wa foremost that you act in front of. So if you have modesty and chastity, before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are mindful of Allah Allah tells us it is one of the cornerstones of being a successful, a successful believer. Allah says in Suratul al in the surah that begins with, Qad Allah says they are the successful believers. And then Allah lists their traits and their attributes. And from them He says, those who preserve their chastity and their modesty, إِلَّا عَلَىٰ أَزْوَاجِهِمْ أَوْمَا مَلَكَتْ أَيْمَانُمْ except in ways that Allah عز wa Jal has made halal, has ordained and legislated for them. That is why our Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم, as is mentioned in the hadith of Abdullah bin Mas'ud رضي الله عن, collected in Sahih Muslim, one of the things that he would make dua for and he would make it regularly, is that he would ask Allah عز wa Jal to give him modesty. He would say, Allahumma al Huda, اللَّهُمَّ إِنِّيَسْأَلُكَ الْهُدَىٰ وَالتُقَىٰ Allah I ask you for guidance, and I ask you for piety, and I ask you for chastity, and I ask you for self-sufficiency. He would make dua for this because he understood the importance of this issue. From the benefits that we also take from this hadith, is that our understanding of modesty isn't just when it comes to intimacy, or when it comes to those things of a sexual nature. But in modesty for us as Muslims is a much wider scope. There is a modesty of what you look at and what you see. There is immodesty of the tongue in the way that you speak. If you say things that are immodest, you joke about things that are immodest. You speak about things which Allah Azza wa Jalla finds unbecoming of a believer, that is part of immodesty. When you listen, your ears can have immodesty attached to them. Your hands, your feet, the whole body, there are things that you do which may be considered to be immodest. The understanding of us as Muslims of immodesty is far greater than just one act, than just one action. It is the way that we behave as Muslims because we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching us. The shyness that we have, the humbleness that we feel, the embarrassment that we should have when we stand before Allah wa knowing that he hears all and sees all and knows all subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is why the Prophet told us in the hadith of al-Bukhari of Sahli ibn Sa'ad radiyallahu anhu, من يضمن لي ما بين لحييه وما Whosoever guarantees for me that they will preserve what is between their cheeks, meaning their tongue, and what is between their legs, meaning their private parts, then I will guarantee for them, Jannah. And in the hadith in Muslim, Imam Ahmad, showing to you the wider, more general concept of modesty in our religion and chastity. In the hadith of Ubadah ibn samit in the Muslim, Imam Ahmad, the Prophet said, وسلم, Guarantee for me six things, and I will guarantee for you, Jannah. When you speak that you are truthful, and when you make a promise, you fulfill it. And when you're entrusted with something, you fulfill that trust. And that you preserve your chastity, you lower your gaze, and you withhold your hands from harming others. That is our religion. That encapsulates everything that we should be as Muslims and as believers in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When we understand this concept then of chastity and modesty, we see then how difficult it is in the society that we live in. We see how difficult it is to prevent from ourselves succumbing to this temptation and this door of sin. But Allah Azza wa Jal in this hadith we see also a solution that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to us from the Quran and the Sunnah. Ask Allah Azza wa Jal that He helps us to be from amongst those who preserve their chastity and their modesty. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes us people who are chaste, and that Allah Azza wa Jal makes us people who show that shyness in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that helps us to preserve ourselves. بارك الله لولكم في القرآن والسنة ونفعني وياكم بما فيهما من الآيات والحكمة أقول قول هذا واستغفر الله لولكم ورجم المسلمين من كل ذنب فاستغفروا إنه الغفور الرحيم بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه وسلم كثيرة أما بعد in the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dedicates a portion of Surah Yusuf in the story of the Prophet Yusuf alayhi salatu was salam to this issue of immodesty and modesty, of how to preserve one person's chastity. The Prophet Yusuf alayhi salatu was salam, as we know in this Surah, is propositioned by a woman of beauty, of power, of wealth. And she attempts to seduce him. And Allah tells us the way and the manner in which he refuses. And he mentions four things, four things that help us to preserve our modesty and our chastity. The first of them is that Yusuf is mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just as with every sin, if you're conscious that Allah is watching, you're you aware that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is holding you to account, you're someone who has that fear of Allah in your heart, that is one of the greatest ways of refraining from any type of sin. When Yusuf alayhi salam is propositioned, the first thing that enters his mind, the first thing that comes to his heart, and then is manifested upon his tongue, as Allah mentions in this surah, is that he says, "Ma'ad Allah." I seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa taala. He is called and invited towards sin, and his mind turns towards Allah azza wa jal. A door of a trap of shaitan is opened before him; a door to sin is presented before him. But his mind, because of his iman and his heart, turns back and attaches itself to Allah subhanahu wa taala. The second thing that he does is that he remembers the harm that sins often cause. Some of the sins that we do are private of nature. They don't harm anyone except us. It is between us and Allah Jal. but then there are other sins and often major sins that harm those around us as well. And from those sins is immodesty. He says, If I was to do this, I would go against my master because he's a slave at the time, my master who has only shown good conduct towards me. Didn't the Prophet tell us وسلم, in the hadith of the young man who came to him and sought permission to commit zina? He said, would you like it for your mother, for your sister, for your daughter, for your wife? He's telling him this because he wants him to understand that there are repercussions and consequences to the sin that he wants to commit. That's the second thing that we're told in the Qur'an. The third thing that Allah mentions is the knowledge that Allah gave to him. لَوْلَا بُرْهَانَ رَبِّهِ إِنَّهُ رَبِّي أَحْسَنَ Allah <و> says, <inaudible> He would have succumbed to it, worrying not that he saw the clear sign of his Lord. That knowledge of Allah that knowledge that he will be held to account for his deeds, that knowledge that he will one day stand before Allah, the attributes that he makes us from amongst those people, that he helps and assists when it comes to these issues, that Allah preserves us from the dangers that we see around us, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keeps us safe from the traps of shaitan, that Allah blesses and, and showers and bestows his mercy, his blessings and his forgiveness upon us. Subhanahu rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun, wa rabbil